The Special Apps Update Conference is back and it runs from March 25th to March 29th and it's completely free to sign up. The conference focuses on engaging in relevant technology. Six courses will highlight how to use apps to support literacy, speech and language skills, and of course, having fun. To learn from amazing presenters like Mo Booty, recent speaker at ATIA, Amanda Schombug, Panda Speech, and our very own Rachel Madel. Hey, that's you. That is me. Go to specialappsupdate.com to register and use the following code XEDSAU19 to get all the courses for free. See you there. Welcome to Talking With Tech. My name is Chris Bouguet, and as always, I'm here with, wait, wait a second, you're not Rachel Madel. What happened here? Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Back for a second episode in a row. It's my lovely wife, Melissa Bouguet. How's it going? I'm good. So, listeners, let's explain what happened, is that this particular week, Rachel had jury duty, and the schedules just did not align. The scheduling gods were not with us this, this week. Um, I reached out to Lucas, but Again, the scheduling gods were not in favor of us getting together. Had some other ideas, but none of it worked out. And I thought, hey, wait a second. I know someone who'd be perfect for the podcast. Why didn't I not think of her earlier? And that is you. Thank you. So what you're saying is I was like, not first choice. Well, you don't work with AAC directly every day, and this is an AAC podcast. So I wasn't first choice. You were not the first choice. (laughs) No, it's okay. I'm glad to be here anyway. Sitting in our closet recording. Yes. I mean, it's pretty fancy in here. It is. It is. Look how organized it is. All the shoes are completely in rows. Uh, All all of our clothes are completely on hangers. Definitely nothing on the floor. You did not get good enough sleep last (laughs) night. (laughs) Uh, Yes, this is not an optometry podcast. Yes. My eyes are just fine. Um, so let's talk about AAC, shall All right, we? Let's so, do it. Uh, something pretty awesome happened this last week. Uh, you know that on last Wednesday was kind of a busy day for mm-hmm. me uh, because this was back on March twentieth. Well, actually, the story I should start really should start before this. It, it, the, the event happened on March thirtieth, but the whole buildup happened before this. Right. So you, you remember how I go to ATIA? Yes. Uh, almost every year, right? Yep. And it's always kind of funny because some sort of catastrophe happens back at home while I'm away. Right? Every time. Right, like what? Um, this time, let's see, what happened? Um, well, Someone it, gets sick or something? Yes, yes, of course. At ATIA, while mm-hmm. I was there, um, Mike Murata, who's mm-hmm. been a guest on the podcast before, mm-hmm. uh, he and Karen Janowski, they host right. a thing called AT Chat. Mm-hmm. And he was there talking uh, with someone named Charlie Danger. And Charlie Danger's from the UK. Mm-hmm. Best name ever. Best right? name ever. And he said that he um, would really like to participate in AT Chat. But by the time uh, AT Ch- Chat happens, it's too late over in the UK. Mm-hmm. So let me explain what AT Chat is. So uh, every week at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, there is a Twitter chat called AT Chat where people post questions and then other people answer them. And you just mm-hmm. have a discussion on Twitter. You've done many AT Chats. Yeah, I've lurked quite yeah. a bit just to find some really cool resources. People are amazing. Yeah, people are often sharing their perspectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Charlie was saying, hey, I'd really like to do this in the UK, but it's midnight by that time. Oh. And, and so he was telling Mike Murata this, and Mike Murata said, well, why don't we do a, a dual one mm-hmm. where you host one at uh, what would be a good time? How about 8 p.m. in the U.K., which would be 4 p.m. Eastern time? Uh, and, Char- and he said, well, I don't want to take place. I don't want that to take place of your typical time at 8 p.m. Eastern. 
And Mike said, well, just why don't we post the questions twice? Why don't we have an, an international one? Why don't I put you together with somebody? What, do you, what topic do you want to talk about, Charlie? And Charlie was like, well, I mean, I do AAC. Mm. He's like, I know a guy. And so he pulled me over and I met Charlie for the first time. And we started chatting and, of course, hit it off right away. Mm-hmm. Great guy. And we um, then have been collaborating ever since ATIA to come up with questions that eventually came out on March 20th, just this past week. So some of the questions that got posed at the... Uh, at the first ever international AT chat, mm-hmm. were were all about access. So Charlie okay. and I put questions together all about AAC access. Oh, I saw these. Yeah. Yes. So at at 4 p.m. Eastern, the questions came out, and people from all over the co- country, all over the world, really, uh, started answering them. And then it, the same questions got posted at 8 p.m. Eastern, and mm-hmm the uh, other people answered them. Mm-hmm. And some of those questions were like, what are the most important factors to consider when determining how a user might access AAC? Mm-hmm. What strategies do you use to teach the meaning of symbols while simultaneously practicing the location of that symbol mm-hmm. to keep the consistent motor plan? Uh, is facilitated communication a viable access method for AAC? That was a that was a hot one. Mm-hmm. Um, how, oh, yeah. yeah. How, how close are we to be able to control speech-generating devices with thought? Because we're getting people from all over the world answering these questions. And so those are the sorts of questions that we asked, and I participated in both chats, mm-hmm. um, kind of helped facilitating and, and, and you know, asking follow-up questions. And it was hopping. There were, like, over, I think it was close to 400 tweets wow. with people just sharing their thoughts. And something that really came out of it, Melissa, was... Um, a lot of people who are AAC users, because we had given these questions out ahead of time, mm-hmm. uh, they could pre-plan some of them. I mean, anyone could pre-plan, but um, we had a lot of people who are users of AAC participate in the chat. And it's just another way to ha- get uh, a perspective some of actual users. So here's a, that's a cool idea. I really like that because when I'm watching or lurking, as you call it, I think I need to do that. I think I need to get those questions prior to because I feel like I'm so distracted and involved and and seeing everybody else's responses and going, oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's exactly what I want to say. Oh, they posted a link. I want to check out that link that I often forget to own, (laughs) honestly post my own. Um, But if you do it in the drafts and Twitter and you can, you know, during the day when you're thinking of something, you know, you tweet it out um, or um, put it in your drafts in, in Twitter, then when you go to the the you chat, then you can just go to your drafts and go, oh, wait, I had a great answer for this. And then you can go investigate and do all your stuff because it really is. It's it's walking into a big birthday cake almost. There's so much to look at and check out and see and um, I really like it. So the strategies, I have something oh, for that one. Okay, which um, one? Which, which question? So the strategies that you use. Um, to teach symbols? Yeah, uh-huh. to teach symbols. We have three AAC users in our, in our school, and I noticed that um, we just finished the alternative testing in our school. And our teachers are amazing with it. Now, for those of, for people who don't know what alternative testing is, can you explain that for a second? Sure. So if they're not going to do the state testing in, in Virginia, it's SOL, so standards of learning. I know you're rolling your eyes. <laughs> I, I'm doing the same. Sorry, SOL. Um, and... There's something, there's an alternative test where the students who, you know, are found eligible for that type of testing. Instead of taking the standardized test, you're taking the alternative right. test. And they create a portfolio. They have different 
strands that they use in order to show their expertise in that that mm-hmm. skill Demonstrate over time. Competency. Yeah, uh-huh. it's awesome. So the teachers really get creative, and the kids really get creative, and the and they have fun doing it. So um, when we were doing this, the kids. The motor planning was so important for them, and they got to practice quite a bit of that core vocabulary that you taught them because it turned into this, that, um, those choices that they had, yes, no, and the teachers were able to use symbols and visuals and and be able to... Um, you know, scribe that way. They also were taking pictures of or screenshots of their answers on the bar, and then they were cutting them out and using those for their answers because those were their answers. So let me let me make sure I understand. So um, the the speech bar at the top of the app. Yes. They would take a screenshot of the entire app, cut out just the top of just the words that they formulated, mm-hmm. and they would paste that into uh, the document yep. that would show that they've demonstrated the competency. Right. Gotcha. Cool. Gotcha. Yeah. Can you give me an example of of like one particular skill or activity that they were doing where they worked on this and that, or they worked on a so. So, for example, like the strand that they would use is the location of Earth in the solar system. So, you know, using visuals or using a video and asking them questions to guide them. So, um, where would Earth be? And they could use there or is, you know, is this Earth? Is this Venus? Yes. No. So. Which one is Earth? Yes. This. this, Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's. Right. Nice open-ended question. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it allow it allows for them to demonstrate their competency in so many different ways. Awesome, awesome. So uh, you had another experience this week because I know we get to chat frequently yes. since you're my wife, and 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 we ask each other about our day. You it had did. a situation, I think, where. Um, a student was deciding he wanted to kind of sit on the floor yes. in the middle of the hallway. Am I thinking of this right? Yes. So behavior, it really saved us. We were able to use... You the, mean the AAC device? Yes, that's what... Yes. So the AAC device saved us because um, we came down to talk to the student, and he did not want to really talk about anything. Um, when we put the device in front of him, that's when he opened up. Because he's, he's a relatively new user to the He device. is, mm-hmm. but he has caught on fast, and he prefers it um, at times. So when we brought it out, because he was angry, we brought it out. He was able to self-regulate and answer us without demonstrating um, um, anxiety more because it just allowed him to say freely what he needed to say. Mm-hmm. And then he tapped the bar, and it was... No, 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 no. So, but what what I want to say is it gave him that opportunity to express himself freely and it I could see him calming down after he did that. And then he got up and he moved on. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I love the the idea that he's very clearly expressing what he wanted, you know, where if he didn't have the communication device, you wouldn't know what you know yeah. that I just want to be left alone or I don't want to do what you're asking me to do I, I mean he's he's expressing it through his behavior anyway sitting there right. but but him being able to verbalize that in a way yeah. by pressing the buttons and say look I'm very clearly telling you I do not want yeah. to do this no the other thing that I love about it Chris is that um, the AAC device because as adults and you know I do this mm-hmm. is hey can you get your shoes on 
hey, can you get your shoes on? I said to get your shoes on. We naturally don't give enough wait time. It's painful for adults to do that. It really is. And it takes a lot of practice. And I think if you pay attention to yourself, you can find yourself doing that. The AAC device naturally lends to us having to wait. And it almost trains the adult as well of, okay, take a breath. He's trying to communicate. Let him do his motor planning. Let him get in there. And then I find myself when the kids are on the device, I'm more patient. And it's almost training me more to excellent. wait. Yeah, like it's know. an excellent little byproduct. Right. It's helping us to have better wait time. Yeah. I know particularly one of uh, a user that uh, at one of at your school will kind of bring his finger over and hover. So you know he's looking yes. for something and he's doing it. He's not just sitting there with the device and running. You're like, well, at, at any point is he going to touch this? This kid is kind of looking and, and searching yes. and his finger is hovering. And that forces you to wait because you see that he's making a selection. Um, well, and, and he uses it with quite the sense of humor, yeah. right? So he does that on purpose sometimes to get a laugh out of you. Or It's adorable. That's uh, I love it. Now, it just so happens that um, all three students mm-hmm. that you have at your school are using the same uh, device. Mm-hmm. They're all using an iPad with Lampwords for Life. Yes. And that is actually a nice precursor to the interview that we have today because the interview today is with someone named Lance McElmore. And Lance and I met at ATIA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I go into it in the interview about how we met. I love um, this story. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but uh, he is a lamp user mm-hmm. that is, uh, now you're from the Massachusetts area, so I'm going to use the vernacular from that. He's wicked fast. <laughs> he's wicked fast on, uh, on, I mean, he's like a blur how fast he's mm-hmm. moving around uh, when, when I was watching him, you know, use his device. Um, and so it's a great model for, for showing other students or parents to say, someday you could be like Lance. You yeah. know what I mean? You could be as fast as Lance. Right. You know? uh, which is one of the reasons Lance is calls himself a, a lamp ambassador. Is like he shows off how he can use it and tells stories around how he came to be a, a user. I want you to bring up in the story, Chris, how you were talking about should you guys have kept in him actually typing it in and then doing the whole words and or uh, the whole sentence, and I loved that part. And the reason is, is because you're seeing what goes into these wonderful, amazing humans communicate with you. It's it's not like us. It's it's work to get to, you know, the motor planning, pushing, pushing, and then you come up with this awesome sentence. But it's the work. It's almost the iceberg, right? It's almost that iceberg analogy. Is you see. You know, you can hear the sentence and you could cut out all the rest, but show that work, show what they've done, show how they've mastered this. It's such an impressive skill. Yeah, so that's an awesome point. So what I learned long ago is that, uh, and it's really the user's choice, but if a a AAC user turns on the speak, the word as it's typed, Mm -hmm. it helps the listener. It can help the listener understand as they're formulating the sentence. Um, And so... With Lance, because he's so fast, we decided not to edit out any of the uh, a- a- any of the construction time as he's constructing the sentence. Good. So what you're going to hear, listeners, is him in real time, how fast he's constructing sentences. And it says each word. And then at the end, he hits the speech bar at the top that says the entire sentence again. And he's built that motor plan that at the end of every sentence he composes, he hits the speech bar and you can hear it. And that, I think, also ties back to what you were saying about wait time, is that as a listener, you see that 
that each word is being formulated. You're, you're understanding and hearing it. And he could have a faster rate of speech at the end when he hits the speech bar because we are essentially hearing it twice, you yeah. know, um, which is a great strategy to help help listeners mm-hmm. uh, that, are, that are trying to be in communication partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Lance. Also, I'd like to say that Lance... Um, has a webinar coming up. So Hmm. in April, the Center for AAC and Autism has a series of free webinars coming out, and one of those is by Lance. um, So there's a user, that's Lance, and then there's a parent, and Hmm. then there's a professional. And they each, I think it's uh, like, I can't remember the dates exactly off the top of my head, but we'll put it in the show notes. And if you like to hear Lance today, this is like a precursor of what he's going to be doing in his webinar uh, coming up later in April. So go check out Lance, uh, because like I said, he's a great person to know, mm-hmm. you know. I can't wait to listen. Me either. All right, so without further ado, here's our interview with Lance Macklemore. Hi, I'm Matt Hott, one of the hosts of Speech Science, a weekly podcast bringing you all the information that you can handle related to speech sciences and disabilities. Michelle Wintering, Michael McLeod, and I interview leaders and difference makers in the field. Every Tuesday, we drop a new episode. You can find us on iTunes, Android, and on our website, www.speechscience.org slash speech science podcast. Join us as we try to find the answers to the question. What is communication? Welcome to Talking With Tech. My name is Chris Bouguet, and I'm here today with Lance McElmore. Lance, am I saying your last name right? Is that is that right? Yes. Awesome. All right. So, Lance, you are an AAC user. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you live? What do you do, like, for work, and what do you do for fun? I live in Alabama with my family. And I work for the Grant P. Roman Company. I live in Alabama with my family, and I work for the Grant P. Roman Company. I am an artist, and right now, I really like sewing. I am an artist, and right now I really like sewing. Sewing? Like with a needle and thread? Yes, and I use a machine to... Yes, and I use a machine too. Gotcha, like a sewing machine, right? I haven't yeah. used one in so long. All right, cool. Um, let me tell. Let, let's talk about your art for a second. What do you mean, like painting or sculpting, or do you mean like with, like, I don't know, with the sewing machine uh, t- together, like making stitch or embroidery or something like that? When I was in university, I. Focused more on water color and lithography. When I was in university, I focused more on water color and lithography. Right now, I am more. Focused 
are mice showing I have designed a few things. Right now I am more focused on my sewing. I have designed a few things. Cool, cool. I just, I, if we had infinite time, I would want to learn all about how you got interested in in sewing and how and and the art that you're working on. But let let me a ask you, since this is a podcast about AAC, let me ask you. Uh, you said you work for PRC. What do you do for the Prunky Romish Company? They call me and ambassador. They call me an ambassador. I do Skype calls with different groups and I go to conferences where I sometimes speak. I do Skype calls with different groups and I go to conferences where I sometimes speak. Well, absolutely, because that's where you and I met, right? We were at ATIA together, and I was having a conversation with Chris Klein, and I said, Chris, I, we need more AAC users on our podcast. Is there anyone you can introduce me to? And he immediately said, Lance. And I said, well, I have not met Lance. Can you introduce me? And so he came over, we, we walked <laughs> over to you, and uh, we got, uh, uh, we, we met, and we, then we had, had a whole conversation there, sitting right at the Lampy Words for Life booth, right? The Center for yeah. AAC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay. So I'm sure people are listening right now and they're going, well, okay, Chris, uh, ask them, just ask them what you tell us because, because they can't see what, what I can see and they haven't met you. So they don't know what you're, what you're currently using. So can you talk a little bit about your journey with AAC? What have you used in the past? And then what do you use now? Hi. Got my first communication device when I was about two, four. I was in university at the time. I got my first communication device when I was about 24. I was in university at the time. Oh my gosh, okay. Before then. I would use pen and paper, but it was so slow and difficult that most of the time I avoided interacting with people at all. Costs. Before then, I would use pen and paper, but it was so slow and difficult that most of the time I avoided interacting with people at all costs. Yeah, that sounds really isolating. I felt despair beyond description. I felt despair beyond description. So how did you, how, how did that change for us? How, I mean, how did you, how did you, I mean, did you get an AAC device and suddenly your whole world was, was unlocked? I mean, tell, tell us the story. How did it happen? 
I was in my university disability office and the woman there took me aside and expressed concern that I didn't really have a way to communicate and she suggested that I go to the local UCP. I was in my university disability office one day and the woman there took me aside and expressed concern that I didn't really have a way to communicate and she suggested that I go to the local UCP. I did and the process started and my first device was something simple with a keyboard and word prediction which is very different from what I have now. I didn't. The process started and my first device was something simple with a keyboard and word prediction which is very different from what I have now. So can you tell everybody what you are using now? I use an accent one zero 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 with lamp words for life. I use an accent one thousand with lamp words for life. Okay, so Lance, let me let me ask you some other clarifying questions here. How long ago are we talking? I mean, um, I don't want to have to ask your age, you know, but uh, I, when you were at university, were we talking five years ago, 15 years ago? I am three, three, no, I am 33 now. Gotcha. And you were 24 when you were in university, so you've been... Yes. Gotcha. So you've been, uh, and how long have you been using uh, an accent with Lamp Words for Life? I started with it in July 2016. I started with it in July 2016. Come on, are you serious? Yes. I was able to learn it quickly. I was able to learn it quickly. All right, so t t can you walk me through the story of how you went from a keyboard with word prediction to an accent with lamp words for life? I would imagine people tried to, to use Unity at some point, but the whole gamut. Can you tell me that story? It might be kind of a long one. <laughs> it might be kind of a long one. It January two zero one six I contacted the PRC 
consultant for my state and I asked if I could see what devices they had. In January 2016, I contacted the PRC consultant for my state and I asked if I could see what devices they had. She came to my house and showed me and I really liked them. She came to my house and showed me and I really liked them. Some point are she left me with a loner and for a couple of months I used word power but I played into around with some at some point she left me with a loner and for a couple of months I used word power but I played around with midspeak some then I got an email from PRC about a lamp train training and it looked interesting then i got an email from prc about a lamp training and it looked interesting my consultant told john halloran about me and he paid for a hotel room so I could go to the train training and I listened for two day days. My consultant told John Pellerin about me and he paid for a hotel room so I could go to the training and I listened for two days. We talked privately and he explained that I could be faster with lamps and he said he would pay me if I learned it. We talked privately and he explained that I could be faster with lamp and he said he would pay me if I learned it. So after I got home, I went to work and then he came back to another train training 
clothes to where I live. So after I got home, I went to work, and then he came back to another training close to where I live. That was two month, months later, and I was fluent by then. That was two months later, and I was fluent by then. <laughs> yeah, I would be too if I had the money hanging there waiting for me. If I could learn it, that's fantastic. <laughs> Actually, what I was really interested in was being faster, and he was certainly right about that. Actually, what I was really interested in was being faster, and he was certainly right about that. Lance, have you seen the TV show The Flash? I don't know if, if our listeners have, have seen it. Have you? No. Okay, but you, you're familiar with the superhero, The Flash, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so um, listeners, because you, you, you can't see this, when I, 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 the camera right now is looking at Lance's device. So I'm not looking at his face. I'm looking at the device. And all I can see is his fingers. And his fingers are flying around the screen so fast that I can't really keep up to see wh where he's going. So um, it kind of looks like the flash, like there's this blur on the screen. <laughs> but I am noticing, Lance, that you are using multiple fingers to actually make contact with the screen. Am I right there? That sometimes it's your forefinger and sometimes it's your middle yes. finger? Yes. I mostly use my index middle and pinky. I mostly use my index middle and pinky. So let's say in those two months when you were um, moving from, I guess you were using WordPower, had played with MinSpeak a little bit in, in the Unity system, over to LAMP, what did you do to practice it? I mean, did you just talk? I mean, did you just use it in your ordinary, or did you have some sort of practice routine? Did you work with a therapist? Can you describe that a little bit? I picked up a word list. At the lamp train, trainly training, and I went through it over and over again. I picked up a wordless at the lamp training, and I went through it over and over again. I spent lots of time dressing every key. I spent lots of time dressing every key. I didn't have any help. I taught myself everything. I didn't have any help. I taught myself everything. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So let me ask you this. Why is LAMP the right choice for you as opposed to the Unity system or something else? I mean, what makes LAMP the, the right fit for you? What I think is the most important is that 
I don't have to think when I use it. What I think is the most important is that I don't have to think when I use it. My hand just goes to wherever it's supposed to go, which I am guessing is kind of like how a speaking person is. My hand just goes to wherever it's supposed to go, which I am guessing is kind of like how a speaking person is. Yeah, I mean. Their mouth just does whatever it's supposed to do, and they don't have to think about it. Their mouth just does whatever it's supposed to do, and they don't have to think about it. You, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth, because that's exactly what I was about to say, is that my, my tongue doesn't think, I don't have to think about where I'm placing my tongue to say my sounds, they just go there. And my jaw and my, my uh, vocal cords right there, they just work that way. And it's sort of what you're saying your hands do is that, but there was, there was a moment, there was time where you did have to think about it, but now you don't anymore, right? You practice for a while with those wordless. Am I, is that sound about right? Yes. I basically babbled for a long time until I knew the system. Yes, I basically babbled for a long time until I knew the system. That's sort of the same advice we give to communication partners, uh, speech therapists, teachers, is to, once they get a device, kind of babble on it and practice and, and get used to it so that, you, you again, you, you get to a point where you don't have to think about it anymore. Does that sound like good advice? Yes. All right, cool. Let me ask you this, Lance. Um, so I hear the word, I, I want to know from my own, my own thoughts here. A lot of people use the term backup system. Well, what does Lance use when, when he's in the pool? Or what does he use uh, in, the, in the shower, you know? And I have stopped using the term backup, and I use the word alternative. Like, uh, I, I don't have a, a backup for when my, when my voice doesn't work. Sometimes I use the keyboard. Sometimes I text message. Sometimes I, I don't know, I point to things. These are not backups for me. They're alternatives. And I'm curious what you feel about that. Is, first of all, do you have alternative devices you use to communicate besides this, the accent? And second, what do you think of the term backup versus alternative? <laughs> I don't really have a back up except for my iPad, but I really, really don't like using it. I don't really have a backup except for my iPad, but I really, really don't like using it. Okay, why? For me, it's too slow. It can not keep up with 
me. For me, it's too slow. It cannot keep up with me. Lance, I have to tell you, I notice that quite a bit when I do trainings. So when I show a parent or a teacher, uh, really any communication device, but LAMP in particular, and, and they start to learn the motor plan of where the verbs are, they're like, suppress so this, and now the second hit is there, and press this, and the second that is there. And by the third or fourth time, their finger starts moving over, and you see the processing speed of the iPad is actually slower than the processing speed of your brain, and they have to wait for just it's like not even a half a second but they still have to wait for it to flip over to the second screen so they can hit that button and what i think i'm hearing you say is that the accent is a lot faster so you have to force yourself to go slower on an ipad sometimes even the accent is not fast enough Sometimes even the accent is not fast enough. Yeah, you're still having to wait for it to flip over, yeah. I actually increased my speech rate and that helps, but sometimes the voice is too fast for people to understand. I actually increase my speech rate and that helps, but sometimes the voice is too fast for people to understand. <laughs> That's great. I mean, uh, that, that, you, that you know your device so well and that, that, uh, that you can make those adjustments like that. And you know your listeners so well, people that you're communicating with. Well, let me get back to that one question. What do you think about the words alternative versus backup? Am I off the mark there? Or is it like, yeah, it doesn't matter, Chris. Call it backup, call it alternative. It's the same. For me, it doesn't matter. For me, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, good to know. Maybe I, maybe I don't have to bang that drum so loudly. So there are a lot of educators that listen to this podcast, a lot of speech therapists. What advice would you give them to support someone who's learning to use a communication device? I would say that they should try to make using the device fun and relevant and don't turn communication into an academic exercise because it will turn them off wanting to communicate. I would say that they should try to make using the device fun and relevant and to turn communication into an academic exercise because it will turn them off wanting to communicate. Yeah, I, I actually see that quite a bit sometimes. It's like forcing it onto kids and making it um, a task that they have to do as opposed to enticing them and inviting them to do it. It makes them see communication as a punishment. It makes them see communication as a punishment. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and then why would I want to do it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, so good advice. Any any other thoughts that you have there? They should do whatever they can to stop them from getting isolated because that's the worst part of having a communication disability. They should do whatever they can to stop them from getting isolated because that's the worst part of having a communication disability. Yeah, I can, uh, yes, uh, absolutely. So what could they, what would they do uh, that educators could do to create environments where people don't feel isolated? That's a difficult question because I have figured that out for myself, yet I still struggle with that. That's a difficult question because I haven't figured that out for myself yet. I still struggle with that. Well, one thing that I can think of, Lance, and tell me if you would agree with this, would be that sometimes there's a perception that maybe you should bring the student into a room and practice the device. Oh my gosh, Lance, he practiced these words, so I'll give him this list of words, and he should do it over and over and over again in this kill and kill sort of fashion uh, in a room by himself. Well, not by himself. I mean, I'll be there, the therapist. Where, but what I'm hearing you say to tying it to what you said earlier about making it fun, maybe do with peers, do it together with other, with other kids, uh, other people, um, have communication partners beyond just the adult that you're working with or the therapist that you're working with. Does that sound about right? Yes. I am probably unusual in the way that I learned it and it wouldn't work for many people. I am probably unusual in the way that I learned it and it wouldn't work for many people. Uh, well, I have to say that's that's probably true, Lance, in that in my experience. But the only part that I think is something that's sort of unique to you is that you took the words and you learned it yourself. But I think that strategy of looking at words and practicing those words is exactly what teachers are trying to do uh, all over the country, maybe all over the world, is say, okay, how do I take these words, like the same words that you were given on that list, I'm, I'm guessing they were core vocabulary words, and how do we put, build activities and build exercises and build experiences for kids to have in a in a very regimented way but um, meaning a systematic way I'm going to do this week I'm going to do this word and this week I'm going to do another word and this week I'm going to do another word but but the, the experiences are still fun for the kids I like that idea I like that idea um so having been an AAC user for a while now, what uh, and you, you talked about isolation. Well, let's talk about other challenges or barriers that you're experiencing. What are some of the biggest challenges and barriers? I think it's taken me a long time to change my mindset. I 
think it's taken me a long time to change my message. I think it's taken me a long time to change my mindset. Uh-huh. I got used to the isolation and it's still difficult for me to have the courage to put myself out there. I got used to the isolation and it's still difficult for me to have the courage to put myself out there. Well, thank you for doing that. Thank you for being an ambassador. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for going to conferences and talk because there's, if you don't do it, then there's going to be other people out there that are still feeling that isolation. And every story we can get out there, the, 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 that's maybe one less person, they hear those stories, they'd be one less person that would feel isolated. Maybe. I hope so. I hope that's why we're doing this is to change lives like that, you know? When you said it took you a while to change your mindset, so you felt like maybe this is just who I am and this is how it is. You don't know what you don't know, that you, you don't even know that there's tools out there that could be helping you communicate. Is that right? I got used to being invisible, a non-person. I got used to being invisible, a non-person. And then that person said, hey, there's a, um, there's more to life than this. Is that, does that sound about right? Yes. Lance, let me ask you else, did you, uh, and if, again, we can cut this out if you feel like it, you don't want to put it in there, but did you do any counseling at all? And, and do you do counseling now for others? I haven't really had any of that sort of help. I haven't really had any of that sort of help. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, and the communication device has helped so that you're not as isolated. I mean, you and I met that that way. You and I are chatting right now. Yes. Um, what about socially? Do you do you get out? Do you have friends that you're going out with and doing stuff with? Tell, if you don't mind, when you're like doing your art, do you, do you, and you do shows and you do. I mean, do you do stuff like that? Do you are do you sew with other people? Do you go to clubs? Stuff like that. I have friends, but most of them are speech language pathologists and they are far always away i don't have any friends close by who are around my age I have friends, but most of them are speech-language pathologists, and they are far away. I don't have any friends close by who are around my age. Yeah, you know, I wonder about that, Lance. I wonder if that is probably typical, you know, that, that uh, 
people who use communication devices might still feel isolated even though they have a communication device because their communication partners are often speech language pathologists or, or strictly family members. Yes, I think that's probably true for many of us. Yes, I think that's probably true for many of us. Well, and that's one of the reasons this podcast exists, in, and, and I think one of the reasons it's so great that you are putting yourself out there is because that's how we change. It's not going to change unless someone does something about it, and that's what we're trying to do. I think it's a problem for people with many types of disabilities. I think it's a problem for people with many types of disabilities. Yeah, finding peers to, to hang out with and to, and to communicate with and have fun with. Uh, Lance, let me ask you something else. You touched on the word mindset. And one of the barriers that I see uh, with some of the uh, folks that I get to chat with is this mindset that the user of a communication device, uh, yeah, they would never know how to learn how to use this thing, you know? And I, I have a fear that wait, people would look at you using this communication device and, well, well, well Lance, his... his um, he doesn't have a cognitive disability. And so, but this person with a cognitive disability would, they would never be able to use a communication device. What, what would your thoughts or what would you say to somebody who might have that mindset? I would say that they can not possibly know that for sure. I would say that they can not possibly know that for sure. I realize that not everyone will be able to communicate like I do, but I believe that everyone is able to communicate at some level. I realize that not everyone will be able to communicate like I do, but I believe that everyone is able to communicate at some level. Absolutely. And, and how do we know? Like you said, how do we know? They, they can't say that. And if, if we don't believe that they could eventually be as fast as you are and know all the words that you do, then, then where do we think they would tap out, right? <laughs> yes. And if they can not say anything, you definitely have no idea what they can do. And if they can not say anything, you definitely have no idea what they can do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So don't impose that on them. Assume that someday they can learn it. Uh, assume that if you give them the right tools and enough time and the right, uh, the right instruction, that they'll be able to do it. I have never understood why, but so many people think that if a person can not communicate 
in the usual way that their brain does not work either. I have never understood why but so many people think that if a person cannot communicate in the usual way that their brain does not work either. Yeah, I've never understood that either. But this, that, that myth is exactly what we're trying to break down here. Let me ask you one last question here, Lance. And that is, the, one of the co-hosts of the podcast, Rachel, she has this question that she likes to ask at the end of every one of her interviews. And I think it's a good one, which is, if there was like a billboard uh, that you want everyone to know, they're driving by and they could read that billboard, and it was something to do with AAC, what would, what would you want to be on that billboard? What would you wish somebody, everybody knew about AAC? I would say just because I can't talk doesn't mean that I can't think. I would say just because I can talk doesn't mean that I can't think. Awesome. Awesome. I actually picture that up on the board with uh, you know, a giant billboard with uh, a picture of a communication device and maybe your hand there pointing to it, right? I mean, that would be awesome. <laughs> yes. Hey, let's get John Halloran to buy a billboard for us. <laughs> he might do that. He might do that. Uh, Lance, this has been awesome. Do you have anything else you want to say to everybody? Not that I can think of right now. All right. I can think of right now. All right. Well, let me ask you this final question, which is, how, if people wanted to contact you, if they wanted to hire you to come uh, do a Skype phone call or a, a video conference like we are, uh, if they wanted to contact you, what's the best way for them to contact you? They can contact the Center for AAC and Dogism. They can contact the Center for AAC and Dogism. And then would they specifically say, hey, we heard Lance and we want him to come speak? Yes. They will take care of that. Take care of that. Awesome. So they just facilitate that whole thing and make it nice and, and organize what your, your calendar and all that. They, they, they're in contact with you. Yes. All right. Cool. Well, Lance, thank you very much. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for um, putting yourself out there and uh, inspiring other people to, to not have this mindset that, uh, that people can't communicate uh, and that we should be having this mindset that that everyone can communicate. We just have to give them the tools. So thank you for what for everything you've done. Thank you for um, helping other people become less isolated. Thanks. And this is Chris Bouguet talking with Tech, and we'll talk to you next time. You're listening to the Exceptional Podcast Network.